Black Adam has finally arrived. Does it live up to The Rock's hype? Has the hierarchy of power in the DCEU actually changed? Not really. This movie might be the very definition of status quo. It's not a terrible film. Like, it's not a bad movie by any measure. God knows, Bahir and I have seen a lot worse. But it isn't an exceptional film. It isn't an intriguing film. It is by no way a great movie either. It's not even that interesting a movie. Despite the promises of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, this doesn't change anything in the DCEU. And I think... Now, hear me out on this one. I think I may have put my finger on the problem. Okay, okay. In that... Black Adam doesn't feel like the main character in this Black Adam movie. Yes, he's in it a lot. And everyone's talking about him. Everyone's telling you his story. Everyone's telling him what he should be and what they expect of him. But all Dwayne Johnson really does in this film is kind of stand around looking all brooding and angry and mad and ragey. Yeah. Like he barely says anything in this film as well. There is nothing of substance that he says, so much so that it feels like everyone else in this film is more concerned about the character of Black Adam than Black Adam is himself. Yeah, you know what it is? It also feels like one of those movies where your lead character, and to be fair, he is the lead character. He's, it's his name on the poster, right? your lead character has no real agency, no real purpose in this film? I think you're absolutely right because I think that's the flaw in conception in the sense that there's only so much you can do with the character of Black Adam because he was always kind of made in reference to or in the shadow of Shazam. In response to. He is an in response to character, right? And I think that was why you and I were very surprised when we found out that Black Adam was getting his own film because as a character, he is in response to someone else. It's like making a Lex Luthor movie. I guess it could work, but the only reason we're there is to see him fight Superman. It's like the Joker movie, which is why I don't understand why it's a Joker movie. Why is it Joker of the DCEU? Because the only reason I want to see a Joker movie is in response to the Batman, in response to a Batman, right? The Joker doesn't work without Batman. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix kind of worked as a film because I think it was well-written and well-acted and well-constructed. As a movie within the Batman universe, I don't think it works all that well. And you can't say it's not a movie in the Batman universe because everything around this movie tells me that it's a movie of the Joker of the Batman. And I think... All of these kind of villain storylines run that problem because most of these villains were created as being arch nemeses of the major superheroes. Mm, yes. I think that's why James Gunn's Suicide Squad worked so well because none of those characters were particularly famous in their own right. And so when you think of someone like Polka Dot Man, for example... James Gunn kind of gave him an interesting backstory and pathos. And that's why the character was almost immediately relatable and someone that you could emotionally connect with in that movie. Mm. Watching Black Adam, however, I found it very difficult 
to connect on an emotional level with what he was going through. I mean, partly because of the writing, partly because yeah. so much of the film was told to you through exposition. We start off with a little historical backstory on Teth Adam and this civilization of Kandak. It then kind of moves on into the present day. And there's a little bit of MacGuffinism going on with a crown and this weird mineral called Eternium. And even that isn't actually explored or explained. It feels like Eternium is Black Adam's kryptonite, but no one really talks about it or says anything about it. It's just the one thing that can cause him to pause from time to time, right? It's the DC's vibranium. Ish. But it can also hurt Black Adam. But nothing is really done with those MacGuffins. There is a terrorist organization called Intergang. There is Sarah Shahi who plays a freedom fighter, professor, yeah. teacher type character. Mother. <laughs> nothing is really explained as to why her character is doing stuff or what her motivations are. We just know yeah. she wants to get this crown and hide it from Intergang, but we don't know why. It's not even that. Early in the movie, we get a line where she says, I didn't give up four jobs and move three times to do this and have it not happen. I'm just like, and then? The driving motivations of all the characters in this movie feel incredibly basic. You also have Amanda Waller, of course, of Suicide Squad fame. Why not? Sure. She comes into the picture very early in the film because... There is an incident that happens when Black Adam is freed after 5,000 years and she's like, oh my God, this is a being of supreme power. We've already done this in Man of Steel, but let's do it again because just like how we couldn't trust Superman, we can't trust this guy even more because he's wearing black. And so she sends the Justice Society of America because we don't know what happened to the Justice League. They must be around somewhere yeah. doing some stuff, sure. right? They got bigger things to worry about. I guess so. So she yeah. sends the Justice Society of America, led by Hawkman, whose only motivation to stop Black Adam seems to be that good guys don't kill people and bad guys kill people. Yeah. Which, if you've seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, doesn't really work out because the good guys seem to kill a lot of people. Yes. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell, I suppose. Good guys trying to stop Black Adam, who might be a bad guy, but not really. Is he an anti-hero? Not quite either. He just seems to be an enraged father looking for revenge. Yeah. All of these kind of stories are trying to compete for attention in this film. And then you throw in Sarah Shahi's son, who is like a John Connor in Terminator character, like a young John yeah. Connor who seems to be the only one who can really communicate with Black Adam. I don't know what this movie is trying to be. Is it just a vehicle so that the rock can fly around and show people that he is the most powerful character in the DCEU? Because on the face of it, it's trying to be a lot of things. Like there are messages here about what's going on in the Middle East. There's a critique of American interventionism. There's a... There's a whole bit about who are superheroes and how useful are they and are they actually doing any good? But it doesn't, it doesn't go into any of it. Here's the thing. You see all that and in hindsight, I see it too, but all of it feels accidental. It feels like the writers stumbled onto those things and never really developed it. The interventionism thing. They never really 
explore it. They never didn't even talk about it. It is just a thing that you can see in this film. This movie is a movie. A friend of mine reached out and asked me if I'd seen it. And I said, the best and the worst thing I can say about Black Adam is that it is not a car crash. I don't know what Joan Collette, Sarah and The Rock were going for. But if they were going for a movie that was wall-to-wall action, they kind of delivered that. The only problem with that is, and the movie is nonstop, mind you. The only problem with that is it feels like it's nonstop CGI. And so it kind of undermines the character that Dwayne Johnson is trying to build up because all Black Adam does in this movie is get angry, punch people, and shoot lightning out of his fingers. At the end of the movie, I think I turned to you and a fellow reviewer and and I just essentially said, despite this movie having Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, and Noah Centino as Atom Smasher, none of the fight sequences, and you're right, this movie is non-stop fight sequences, none of it was memorable. I cannot tell you about anything more than Hawkman and Black Adam punched each other a couple of times. It's not Fast and the Furious non-stop action. You can even say, look, Fast and the Furious, you can say there was that car chase that went through two buildings. There was the time Vin Diesel jumped off a tank. There was a time Vin Diesel caught Michelle Rodriguez. Here, I've got nothing. They punched each other. They were flying a lot. There was that one thing we saw in the trailer where The Rock captures a missile. And you just go like, cool. I don't remember anything. But I think that's the problem with trying to craft a movie that's wall-to-wall action, right? When you don't give something time to breathe, when you don't let these characters actually have proper conversations, there is no real build-up. So there's no anticipation Mm. to the big fight. This is one big fight after another. And all of these big fights seem to kind of blur into one giant CGI mess. So much so that there isn't that moment of cool that you are waiting for because it should come. That's all you kind of look forward to in these superhero movies, right? And I didn't get any of it. I think Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan are the movie's MVPs. They are phenomenal to watch with what little they are given to do. They genuinely steal every scene they're in despite having the flimsiest of motivations or character backstories. And I think that's the problem. You and I, Bahe, are so entrenched in comic books that we don't need a backstory to Dr. Fate because we know it, we've read it. And so when there's this great emotional moment with Pierce Brosnan, I understand why it is. But that's based on almost 35 years of comic book reading. It won't work for... My mom, it won't work for my dad. And they will watch this movie. They will just think it's a movie they watched. There's a line in this movie where Hawkman goes, I'm not afraid to die. And Pierce Brosnan goes, I know. That's why I didn't tell you. Yeah. That line, I'm not afraid to die, is so heavy given the context of who Hawkman is. But if you don't yes. know Hawkman's origin, if you don't know the fact that he is an ancient Egyptian prince who has been cursed to be reincarnated over and over again, none of that's going to make any sense to you. And the emotional yeah. heft of that line is completely lost. It's a weird it's a weird movie in that they hung so much of it on Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson without actually getting... Black Adam or Dwayne Johnson to do anything. They've again accidentally stumbled on creating or trying to create the heart within the story with Aldous Hodge's Hawkman and Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. And it doesn't quite work. Something else you said, and I think this is quite interesting. 
what is Noah Centino doing in this? I, I don't know what Adam Smasher is doing in this. I don't know what Cyclone is doing in this. I feel like if they needed to round out a stable of heroes, you need to give these newer heroes more to do. So the idea being that Hawkman and Dr. Fate are the old timers and they've been doing it for a long time. And Adam Smasher and Cyclone are both on like their first major mission, right? But yet there isn't any of the stuff that comes with it. Even when you watch The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, there is a certain amount of banter and conflict and tension that comes with people who are on their first mission with The Suicide Squad. I didn't get any of that. I got a couple of lines of Hawkman looking at Atom Smasher and going, you and me, buddy, you and me, we got to talk. I mean, that's it. Like, even that line was okay, it was cute, but, you know, a part of me wants to go, but you didn't tell him what to do. This is his first mission. You haven't given him instructions. You haven't given him training. So what is this fight argument that you want to have with this kid who doesn't know anything? It's a cute moment that is not built on anything. It's not based off of anything. There's also something of a throwaway villain that really doesn't work. Really a throwaway villain. It's the it's the worst MacGuffin of a villain <laughs> which is just like why 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 it feels like an excuse to have just one more CGI fight at the end I think honestly the movie would have worked better if Black Adam was the villain given who his character is in the comic books and given what Dwayne Johnson has been saying about why he loves the character I feel like Black Adam yes, should have yeah. been the villain in quotes right and so you have a real dichotomy between yeah. Justice Society of America and Black Adam and this idea of who is good and who is bad and how that's not all black and white. Because Sarah Shahi keeps saying it. You see the world in black and white, but that's not the world. But it's also this argument of like a villain to you, the Justice Society of America, is a hero to the local people from Kandak, right? And I think... But they don't double down on it. They don't that, double right? down on it, right? Because there's that other MacGuffin villain that comes in that they have to deal with. That's the beginning of every dictatorship. If yeah. you look at Idi Amin, he started off as a freedom fighter, his people loved him, and then the power went to his head, and then bad shit started happening. And then it's he bought Saddam cars. Hussein. Yeah. He bought cars. It's, it's all of these pseudo freedom fighters who eventually become dictators in their own country. They're loved by their people at first, but then things take a turn because the power yeah. corrupts. And all of that is the Black Adam story, right? Yeah, it's the idea yeah. of how the power of the gods can corrupt you if you are not the right choice, etc., etc. And yet none of that is played at all in no. this movie. Yeah. Because this movie plays exactly how you think it's going to play out. If you walk into this movie and you've seen the trailers and you think, and you make a prediction on how Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3 is going to play out, I guarantee you're going to hit the nail on the head almost You're going to be pretty time. close. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're going to be really damn close. Yeah. Predictability aside, I think it felt like a wasted opportunity, especially given all of the hype around what this movie was supposed to be. Because mm. it still feels like it's trying very hard to fit within the existing framework of the DCEU, as opposed to telling a new, good, decent story about this character that we've never heard about. Which is what 
the Shazam movie did. Absolutely. Which is exactly what James Gunn did with his Suicide Squad. It's this idea that whether or not it is part of the DCEU, that's not your bag. That's not your thing to worry about. You make a damn good movie and that's enough. Here, there is so much expectation at least for this movie to be the next big installment in the DCEU that they just filled it with CG punches at each other. And you just go, boom, okay, cool. And then what? Yet again, I know it sounds like we're being really down on this movie, but I think if you go and see the movie, you might have a good time at the cinema. Yeah. I just think based on the weight of expectation that is on this film, it did not deliver. Based on the fact that you have Dwayne the fucking Rock Johnson in this movie, the ultimate charm weapon in cinema, and you don't use him, feels very, very weird. Yeah, I, strangely enough, to me, this is almost like, uh, this again, this is a bad comparison, but it's sort of like when Dwayne The Rock Johnson made his film debut in The Scorpion King. Oh, the rocks in this and then you realize he's just the villain that barely says anything you know he 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 doesn't do a character he's not an actor he's not doing lines or anything and this one is just like it's almost the same it's this thing of like oh my god is black adam a remake of the scorpion king well does his family get killed and then he's a slave in egypt oh damn did i just say something stupid and hit the mark Oh, man. I think you might have. I haven't seen The Scorpion King in a very long time, but it does feel like that. For me, what I was trying to say was that just to double down on what you talked about with regards to having The Rock in the, your movie and not using The Rock to his full rockness. It feels like a strange thing to do. Hold on. I'm just looking up at the... Da, 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 da. Uh, hold on. Oh, my God. I think... Okay. So. Wow. Okay. Okay. The events of the Scorpion King take place 5,000 years before the events of the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. 5,000 years. Hmm. All right. Revealing the origins of Matthias and his rise to power as the legendary hero, the Scorpion King. Before the time of the pyramids, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, snap. It is the Scorpion King. Oh, snap. Holy crap. Look it up, folks. Black Adam might be a remake of the Scorpion King. <laughs> oh boy. Ah, all right. Like I said before, I know we sound like we're being down on the film, but I think, yet again, it's not a terrible movie. Like, this isn't Morbius. It isn't yeah. Morbin time. No, it's not. No. I think what it is, is we're mostly disappointed. We're mostly disappointed in this movie. I don't know if I had a lot of expectation. Given the amount of work that Dwayne Johnson had put into this film, I was hoping for a decent story. I wasn't hoping for just an extension of the Snyderverse. I was hoping for a new vision because he seemed to be interested in crafting a new path for the DCEU. But if you watch this film from the way it's shot, from the way the action sequences are choreographed, all of that stuff is lifted from the playbook of the Snyderverse. So it feels of a piece of every other DCEU movie that we've seen, with the exception of The Suicide Squad and Shazam, 
which both felt somewhat different because they were focused on telling a unique and individual story based on the characters in those movies. Black Adam suffers for still trying to slot into the existing DCEU. And I think therein lies the problem. Also, one mid-credit scene. Just FYI, we were asking each other if we knew if there was going to be more. There isn't. There's just the one. So just so you know. But the mid-credit scene is worth hanging around for. Is it though? For those 30 seconds, for a cheap thrill, why not? It feels like the worst mid-credit scene ever because it's... Look, we watched it in a hall with other film reviewers and film nerds and you know people who love film and action movies and superhero movies and all that stuff. That was the only clap we heard in the entire screening. There were a couple of laughs and giggles at jokes that had already been shown in the trailer. So nothing new there. The biggest reaction anybody had was it right at the mid-credit scene. And it just feels like for your $200 million film that's 124 minutes long, for the only reaction from an audience being your mid-credit scene is not a great look. Black Adam is now showing in Malaysian cinemas. You can go check it out. Let us know what you think. Where does this movie rank in the pantheon of superhero films? Reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also send us an email on podcast.goggler.my or a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.